Hey guys, this is Jay Shear, host of the Story Geeks podcast and co-founder of the Reclamation Society. Today I will be reviewing Wolverine Old Man Logan by Mark Millar and Stephen Niven. I believe that's how it's pronounced, Millar. Maybe Miller, but I believe it's Millar. Um, and then I'll dive a little deeper and discuss some of the themes um, in the book as well. The review portion of the show, as always, will be spoiler-free, so if you haven't read this comic yet, stick around for the review. And then I'll let you know when the spoilers are coming and you can jump off the podcast if you choose to. Also, uh, one really cool thing we're going to add to the podcast this week. We want to give back to you, our podcast listeners. So we're going to give away our copy of Daredevil Yellow. It's my personal copy. It's a super nice copy of it, by the way. It is used, obviously, because it's been my copy. But it's a hard copy, and it's in very good condition. Um, and we want to give it out. So one of the things that we're going to start doing on the podcast is we're going to start giving out copies of the books that we've been reviewing. So if you remember from a few weeks back, Bobby Nash and I talked about Daredevil Yellow. It's a solid comic, has some fantastic art in it, and that comic can be yours. But what do you need to do to be eligible to be entered in the drawing to win it? Well, you need to do two things. The first thing you need to do is review this podcast, the Story Geeks podcast, on iTunes. So easy enough to find it, just do a search for either Reclamation Society or Story Geeks and leave us a review. The second thing you need to do is you need to like our Reclamation Society Facebook page. Super easy. You just need to do those two separate things. Those are very easy to do. They only take a second. Um, one note though, if you leave us a review, make sure that your name is on the review, or if you don't want to put your name on the review, if you want to use a pseudonym of some kind, then when you like the Facebook page, just send us a message and let us know which pseudonym was yours so that we can make sure that we, you're eligible for the prize and we can attribute your iTunes review to you. Pretty cool, right? Chance to win a comic, really good. It's in really, really good condition. It's a solid book. Um, I'm a little bit sad to part with it, but at the same time, I'm glad that we're giving it away. Um, so please do that. We're gonna give it away to uh, a random person who meets that criteria. So we're gonna make it a random drawing of people who've given us a review and like our Facebook page and we'll do that on March 10th so you've got a little bit of time but don't forget just go ahead and go do that now um, so cool good luck to you and thank you for the reviews after you submit them and thank you for liking our Facebook page and with that I'm just gonna dive right into Wolverine Old Man Logan starting with my spoiler free review and I'm by myself on this podcast so this should be just me if you've got thoughts about it and you want to send them back to me, you can do that on Facebook. You can do that on our MZ group, and I'll talk about those later. But you can also send me an email at reclamationsociety at gmail.com. All right. As always, we do our ratings based on three different aspects, um, quality, story, depth, and our likelihood to refer the book or the film or whatever we're reviewing. So quality, depth on this one, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Um... I do love the premise of this book, and without giving away any spoilers, I'll just say that it's set in a dystopian future in the United States. Uh, Wolverine has aged a bit, hence the name Old Man Logan in the title. Um, the details surrounding the backstory are great, and they're very intriguing and interesting. And the story contains some fairly intense twists near the end, um, actually throughout, and that helps tie everything together. And that was very cool because you never knew what was going to happen next. 
Um, I do like McNiven's art, which is polished and very action-oriented and very descriptive. You can always tell what's going on. He does very well with drawing the characters. The characters are all very unique. There's a real Western feel to this book. Um, and this, and you know, like the Western feel does seem to fit Wolverine's character pretty well. So that, that does go together very nicely. Um, there is a parental advisory. Uh, in fact, I'm not even going to give this book away for some of the reasons we'll all get into. Um, there's a ton of blood, ton of gore in this book. I would say an unnecessary amount for me personally. Um, interestingly enough, there is it's fairly PG-13 in all other regards. So the the violence and the gore is like over the top. But in other regards, um, you know, they do use um, growlics uh, as opposed to swear words in in most cases. So. Um, just be warned of that. It does have a parental advisory. I think it's over the top with its level of gore. I do think that Malar handles the Wolverine's character very well, which is nice. Like I said, the plot twists are solid and surprising. Um, we know that something will be different by the end of this book, but we don't know how the story will get us there. And so the twists allow for some surprises along the way that, in, a, in a good way. I have three complaints about the book that prevent me from getting from giving it a you know like more like an eight or a nine, and the first one is that I feel like we need more of Wolverine's internal monologue running throughout the book. Um, this is all written in the third person. We don't ever hear, uh, and it's not omniscient, so we never hear Wolverine's thoughts. And it's solid visually, but I want to know more about Wolverine's internal struggle. And we really don't get that. And I think that that's a big detriment to this particular story. And I know because Wolverine's not a talkative guy anyways. So it'd be nice to know a little bit more about what's going on with him emotionally. Um, second reason uh, I'm not giving this a higher score on quality is that I'm not a big fan of the ending. Um, I like the plot twist near the end. But the final chapter of the trade, to me, um, I just don't like it. I, I, I don't like the way that it's resolved. It's a, it is a Western. It sort of fits the tone. It feels a bit cliche to me. Um, I found it very distasteful. Uh, and mostly because without Wolverine's internal dialogue, it's missing some of the weightiness for me. And that means that it feels a little empty and far more shallow than it should feel. I want it to be deep and resonant and have some, even some redeeming characteristics, but honestly, the way that it ends, um, I did not find any of that in this book. Um, so in the third reason I'm not giving it a higher score is that the, the gore, as I mentioned earlier, is just earlier, it's just over the top, it's unnecessary. I don't mind gore if it's being used for a purpose. Um, the only purpose I see here is that it's provocative. And I think that gore sort of misused is supposed to make the story feel deep, for, but for me, it, it, it's actually doing the opposite. It's, it's kind of like saying, see how terrible this is? It's so gory, and I would just rather feel the emotional terror and have that work itself out in, in the characters. But that's, that's not really what's happening here. There's some hints at it, and I do think, again, he's good at writing Wolverine, so there's some of that in there, but it's it's just really not quite enough. Which, which brings me to story depth, and for me, the story depth is maybe like a four out of 10. 
This one's a little bit hard for me because the premise is great and there are some deep themes here, but overall it just feels like it's trying to be deep but without any real depth and it doesn't leave us with, with much to go on. Um, it does force us to ask some deeper questions, which I'll get into in the spoiler section, but the story itself doesn't, it just seems to answer those questions on a pretty surface level or a fairly shallow level. It doesn't really dig deep itself as a story. So the potential for depth is there, um, as is the potential for us to share in some of Wolverine's trauma, but the story glosses over that instead of probing for more of it. And I just, you know, didn't resonate with that. Finally, um, for my rating, my likelihood to refer uh, is going to be about a five, maybe a six, but really I think it's more in the five category. I really want to like this book, and in some ways I love it. Some of the premise I think is amazing, but in other ways I just really just found it lacking. Um, and I think Millar is a good writer, but at the same time I've noticed that I feel this way about some of his other works as well. Um, I know that I felt this way about Wanted. I know that I also felt this way about Kingsman, um, The Secret Service. Uh, there's always a lot of violence, but it feels like the violence is sort of celebrated as opposed to a last resort or a means by which to extract justice. It just feels, I don't know, it just feels um, like, for example, in this story, I feel like we're left with a concept that Wolverine has no other options. Like he's going to do what he's going to do regardless. And I don't want to get into spoilers, but it just feels so binary there's no sense of remorse or loss or one action has an equal and opposite reaction it's all a math equation morality isn't something to be considered so much as it's a simple equation of hurt equals violence and there's this, this cycle um so it feels like our basis desires for justice are sort of satiated in the story but the consequences of that justice are unemotional um it's it feels like pretend depth to me um, but without, without one that has any true consideration or contemplation. And I want someone to stop and force us to ask the question, why? So apologize for that being vague, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys. Overview of what my review for this is, quality rating of about 6.5, story depth of a 4 out of 10, and a likelihood to refer probably in the 5 to 6 range, skewing a little bit more towards 5. Love the premise, very interesting, some great twists, uh, but in the end, um, I'll make this comparison, and I apologize if this seems a little off color, but this book feels like porn. And I say that meaning that it's graphic and it's sensational, and it has these things that keep us excited and interested, but it is completely lacking of any sort of intimacy, and therefore it seems sort of fake and gratuitous. So that's my take as a review. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Love to hear your thoughts. Send me an email, reclamationsociety at gmail.com or write on our Facebook page or in our MZ group. I'd love for you to do that. I will post some of these questions in the MZ group so you have them to think about. Now, here's my spoiler alert. I am going to get into spoilers. So if you are listening in and you're interested in reading this book, um, go ahead and jump off the podcast now. And um, I'm going to jump into this and get into some spoilers which come up immediately. So you have been warned. 
Hey guys, pardon my brief interruption here, but do you need a new pair of headphones? If you do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Urban Vinyl. They make premium wood headphones that look amazing. But here's the thing, they're made by audiophiles for audiophiles, so they sound as good as they look. In fact, reviewers have called their headphones the best headphones on the market, better even than Bose and Beats. And you know what? I agree. They're what I use when I record this podcast. Please consider purchasing a pair using the link in the show notes. If you click the link to their website and use the promo code J, my name, my first name, J-A-Y, super simple, you save 15% and Urban Vinyl will make a donation to the Reclamation Society. So if you need headphones or you're looking to upgrade the pair that you currently have, definitely take a look at what Urban Vinyl has to offer. Click the link in the show notes to visit their website and use my name, J-A-Y, to get the 15% discount. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Now, let's get back to the show. So this story begins with Wolverine. He's now older, living in the dystopian United States that's being run um, by all the villains. So the villains have won and they have taken over the United States. All of the superheroes are dead. Well, no, I shouldn't say all of them. Most, almost all of the superheroes are dead. Uh, Wolverine himself now has a family. He has a wife and a boy and a girl. And he really seems to be haunted by something as the story begins. He is a pacifist now and won't even show his claws at all. He does think about using them. It does go through his mind that he should be using them. But he doesn't. He fights that urge. And something has completely broken Wolverine down, but we don't know what it is. And so my first question um, when I started to read this was, is it acceptable to be a pacifist? So that's the question that I'll pose to you. Is it acceptable to be a pacifist? This entire book, Wolverine is tempted to use his claws. He's tempted to fight, and yet he consistently resists that temptation. He chooses not to fight. And he's sort of ridiculed for it throughout the book. And so when I ask this question, you know, when should we fight? In the beginning of the story, Wolverine gets destroyed by the Hulk's kids. So the Hulk's grand kids or grandkids, I'm not totally clear on that. I believe it's his kids. Um, they are bad guys. They're villains in this story. And we don't get a lot of backstory into why that is. We get a little bit. Um, but Wolverine resists and he just basically gets completely demolished by the Hulk clan. And he does that all for his family. He does that so his family is safe and that the Hulks won't retaliate against his family. But is he right to do that or should he be acting differently? Should he be standing up? I mean, villains rule the earth. Is it okay to be a pacifist when villains rule the earth? It's an interesting question. I'll throw it out there to you. Um, Wolverine chooses to help Hawkeye. So Hawkeye is still alive, who, but he's now blind. Um, and Hawkeye has this mission to take this secret thing that he won't tell Wolverine what it is across the United States. Um, and Hawkeye, uh, by the way, is constantly goading Wolverine to fight. He's constantly and consistently poking the bear, as it were. And Wolverine reveals to Hawkeye that the villains broke him. And there's an inclination that Wolverine isn't choosing not to fight because he's strong and willfully resistant. So I do want to put that out there. It's not like Wolverine is a person who has, who has a lot of strength and is resisting. The indication is that he's weak and broken and afraid. And that's partially why he's not fighting. Um, they visit the place called Hammer Falls. So as they're traveling across the United States, they visit, visit a place called Hammer Falls, where humanity, those who are you know, left over, all the humans being ruled by these villains, um, they go to pray that the superheroes will return. 
It happens to be where Thor's hammer sits, hence the name Hammer Falls, I think, to some degree. Obviously, that will be revealed in a later book, probably. And Hawkeye uh, says about these humans that they come here to pray that the superheroes will come back. And then he goes on to say that the human spirit dies without hope in their coffee. So my next question for you is, do we need hope? Do you need hope? Do I need hope? And if we do need hope, in what should we place our hope? So if we both need hope, and I would, I would venture to answer that question with a yes, I would say that we, we do need hope. Human beings, I do agree with Hawkeye in the sense that um, without hope, we essentially die to a degree. So we gotta be hoping for something. And the question is, what, do we, what should we be hoping for? Um, and actually, the, the quote from Hawkeye, the question, or the, this, this quote that says the human spirit dies without hope in their coffee, on its face, it makes sense, because I do believe that that's um, true. If we don't have hope in something, our spirits can be completely crushed. But when Hawkeye says this, I don't think he's complimenting these people. He doesn't seem to be complimenting them. Um, and let's face it, if the only hope that we have is in superheroes, our hope is definitely wasted because there's no such thing as a perfect person and therefore how can we hope for for superheroes especially ones that don't exist and when you and i are living in the real world we just basically have humans to hope for or we can place our hope in something else so what would that be what can we truly hope for in what can we truly place our hope um, I don't know. I think it's worth pondering that for a second. Um, it's a challenging question, but I think it's one that dictates a lot of our worldview. Um, when we don't have hope in something, how easily do we get rattled? And when we do have hope in something, what happens when our hopes are dashed? Um, after a short detour in the story, basically where Wolverine and Hawkeye try to save Hawkeye's daughter, Ashley, um, who is now wearing a Spider-Man or a Spider-Woman costume, we do get the backstory after that slight detour we do get the backstory on why logan is refusing to fight here's a very big spoiler if you're planning to read this book and you haven't yet this is a very big spoiler essentially we get the backstory that the villains used a character named mysterio and i'm not familiar with mysterio so i've not seen him before but he has the ability to create illusions and so what they did was they created an illusion where Wolverine would think that his friends, the X-Men, were villains. So what happened was, all the, all the X-Men started to look like villains, and Wolverine killed all of the superheroes, thinking that they were villains. And that's why he refuses to fight now, because he's devastated by the fact that he killed all of his friends. And of course, there was some hesitation on their part to even fight back, which is why he was able to over, overcome them, basically. Um... After that's revealed, which is a pretty big blow to Wolverine, obviously, since it sent him into a kind of a tailspin. Um, after that, there's a brief scene where Wolverine and Hawkeye meet Emma Frost. And the reason I talk about that scene is because it brings up a couple of important insights. The first is that there are um, no mutants have been born in 20 years. And the second is that Wolverine is content with his new life. So Emma sort of reads his mind and um, you know, sort of says congratulations, that he's content on being a pacifist and he's content with having a family. 
And that's really, really important because that is us going back to the question about whether or not he should be a pacifist. If he's not content being a pacifist, if there's something that's gnawing at him that he's supposed to do, um, then that makes his pacifism that it's born out of more weakness, which is sort of what's being presented to us. But if he's content in the life that he has, and if he's maybe even happier, despite the fact that supervillains are ruling the world, he can be happier with the life that he has. If that's true, then more of his pacifism is coming out of internal strength as opposed to weakness. And so, you know, obviously he can be conflicted and that's, and that's interesting, but we actually don't know the answer to that question because we're lacking the internal monologue. So the internal monologue I talked about in the review that I was missing is I don't really know exactly how Wolverine is thinking. And maybe he is conflicted and maybe that's making the story deeper, but I didn't feel that way. I felt like there was a certain viewpoint being expressed here that was Wolverine is in a weak place and that's why he's not fighting back because he's kind of too weak. So something you can think about if you have a different view on that and you want to bring that up to me, let me know. Also, I think I mentioned that no mutants had been born in 20 years, and I cannot remember if that's 20 years or 40 years, so I had to double check on the comic, which I don't have in front of me. Um, but there hasn't been mutants born in a long time. So this is the part of the comic, after they leave Emma Frost's um, location, this is the part of the comic where we learn that what Hawkeye has been up to and why he has asked Wolverine to come along in this um, cross-country journey. And basically, he's delivering a new super soldier, that's a tongue twister, super soldier serum to someone in New Babylon, which is on the East Coast. So he's driven all the way from the West Coast, which is where Wolverine, uh, or I should say Logan, was living. And they've gone all the way to the East Coast to deliver this super soldier serum to someone in New Babylon. And... Uh, that's an interesting one for me because the guy who says that the human spirit dies without hope in their coffee actually has hope because he knows that he has this super soldier serum to try and bring back a force to fight back against the supervillains. And that's sort of where he's placing his hope. And he's no better off than anyone else is because he needs to have that hope as well or else his life is you know, lacking in purpose, so to speak. Yeah, I think that his... His hope seems to be that he, he might be able to change the world by reliving um, some of his former self as Hawkeye. The problem is, the whole thing is a setup. This is another major spoiler, big twist. The whole thing is a setup, and the guy he's delivering the serum to ends up killing Hawkeye and shooting Wolverine to pieces. So this was a whole setup and they were able to draw Wolverine and Hawkeye out into the open. And in the meantime, they were able to take back this super soldier serum. So that brings us to a place where we're coming up on the end of the book. And the next flashback is where we see 50 years back, Red Skull is killing Captain America in front of the Capitol building. Um, there's an indication that Captain America is praying and then Red Skull says to him, there's no God here today, just me. Um, and then we see Red Skull in the present day and he's wearing Captain America's uniform as if it's a trophy. 
And here again, we're presented with the great American nightmare. And this is something that does seem to be consistent in a lot of stories that are told. And that is that if what the question, the great American nightmare being the question, what if the Nazis had won the war? You see this in, you know, the man in the high castle, which is a series that's out there. It's also based on a book. Um, and you see this in a lot of alternate history type of stories where what would have happened if the Nazis had actually taken over America or at least taken over a good chunk of the world. And I think it's good to pause here because there's a lot of talk about Nazis these days, a lot of talk about the alt-right movement and, and you know how that relates to um, belie the Nazis' beliefs. And I think it's really good for us to stop and ask two questions in our modern day. And that is one, what do the Nazis stand for and how can we ensure that America never falls under Nazi control? So obviously, if you are like me, you believe that um, the Nazi belief system is negative and it's detrimental and it's hurtful. And I would call it, you know, as, as I talk about my core beliefs and you guys have heard me say this before, but as a Christ follower, I am someone who's trying to pursue loving God and loving other people. And so with that, I believe that the Nazi viewpoint sort of is in is diametrically opposed to that view because we see things in the Nazi viewpoint about um, white supremacy. And I mean, how, how can you love other people if you believe you're superior to them? And so I think it makes sense to ask this question of what are some of the things that Nazis stood for or stand for today even? And how can we ensure that America never falls under Nazi control again? What do we need to stand for? What discussions do we need to have? What do you think about that? Take a second, reflect on that. What is it that can prevent us from going down that road? Um, and it's an important question to ask because we live in a democracy. So we don't want, we don't want the majority to start um, ruling our country in a way that would promote that belief system, right? So what do you think? Send me an email uh, right on the Facebook page, right on the MZ group, or just consider it for yourself. Um, I think there's a deeper question as well, and I want to slide into that. And that deeper question is, if we lived in occupied territory, so let's just say that the, the Nazis took over the United States, as, as we're seeing here. Um, if the world really did turn on its head, what then? Where could we place our hope? What would our lives look like? Could we still find, even if, even if we lived in occupied territory, even if we lived under uh, fascist dictatorship, you know, could we still find joy? Could we find hope? Could we find peace? And could we even find love? And if you're not familiar with the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, for example, or um, some of the people who lived in occupied territory, um, it was very difficult for those people to find joy, hope, peace, and love. It just was. I mean, that was that they were living in a complete nightmare. And um, so I pose that question because I think that I've heard of people living in those times who did not agree with the government that they were being oppressed by. And yet they still were able to find joy and hope and peace and love. And they found it, generally speaking, they found it through um, spirituality and they, and they found it through a hope in something greater than what this life was gonna deliver them. And so my question to you is, where are you placing your hope in that regard as well. And that's a, I think it's a really important question to ask because obviously we're not in occupied territory right now. We are in a, very, in a country that is sort of um, at odds on a lot of topics right now. 
Yeah, I think on a daily basis, if we look at Facebook and if we look at what's happening in the world, we can get really depressed and we can get really bummed out um, because there are some negative things that don't appear that um, love is the is the first is the for our go to action, right? And if that's the case, how do we still find joy and hope and peace and love? And so if you want to get in a conversation with us about that and see like where we find those things, um, and if you want us to empathize with you about what's going on, you know, reach out to us. We do not want to get into arguments and we want to support one another. So let's not get too crazy. Um, back to the story. We learn that Wolverine has pretended to be dead. So the guys who killed um, Hawkeye and thought they killed Wolverine bring the bodies to the Red Skull. And Wolverine gets up to fight. And actually, this is an interesting question that the Red Skull asks Wolverine. He says, I thought you walked the path of a righteous man. Which brings me to this question. What is the path of a righteous man? So in this, in the Red Skull's philosophy, I would say, he's saying that if you are a pacifist and you have and a family man, um, that is more righteous than an X-Man, an X-Men member who's trying to save the world right because that's what wolverine used to be and he's red skull is saying you've now become a righteous man or at least you're pursuing the path of a righteous man and that is to be pacifistic and family oriented so my question is is that the path of a righteous man what is the path of a righteous man i think uh it makes sense to ask that question because um you know righteousness is an important concept so what do you think um, what is more righteous? What is the, what, how can you even be righteous? Those are the questions I have for you today. Um, what is Millar trying to tell us if Wolverine is constantly tempted to go from being a pacifist to someone seeking revenge? Which path is truly better? Which path does Millar think is better? Which path does Red Skull think is better? And which path does Wolverine think is better? And at what point should Wolverine stand up and try and fight back against the Red Skull? Now, I mentioned um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer earlier, and I need to look this up and make sure I got this right. Um, but I believe that Bonhoeffer was a pacifist um, and did not believe in fighting, which is one of the reasons why he did not join the resistance against uh, the Nazis. However... He did, he did at one point in his life say that he was um, going, he was involved in a plot to take down Hitler. So this is a pacifist who was pushed so far that he felt like it was um, something he had to do to stand up and fight. So I think that that is an interesting thing to consider is when, do, when is it right to be a pacifist and when is it right to stand up and fight? And those are really difficult questions to ask, especially if, you, if your spirituality is based on things like, you know, turning the other cheek if there's violence or uh, in trying not to, you know, trying to really be a good person, trying to be a righteous person. What does that mean? So basically this starts off with this, it, it creates a fight between Wolverine and the Red Skull and Wolverine still does not uh, bear his claws, so to speak, but he does use Captain America's shield to uh, slice Red Skull's head off. So he brings down the shield right on the Red Skull's neck and chops his head right off. There's that, there's an example of the gore for you. Um, there's kind of a cathartic nature to that too. We know that the Red Skull killed 
and made fun of um, Captain America, but now he's being killed by Captain America's shield, so you can make an argument there. Um, then Wolverine jumps into Iron Man's suit in order to take care of the rest of the Red Skull's hooligans, and then Wolverine um, tells himself that he's trying to do all of this to save his family, and then he uses um, Iron Man's suit to fly back across the United States back to his home, and now we come to the stories resolution and i only have a couple more questions for you before we finish out so wolverine returns home he's supposed to pay his rent to the hulk gang so that they'll leave his family alone this is the, this is the actually the whole reason why he went with hawkeye in the first place because he owes the hulk's family money and so he agreed to help hawkeye in exchange for money and as soon as he gets back home what we learn is that the hulk the family of the hulk got bored and decided to kill Wolverine's family anyway, even though he had more time to pay them back. So, one of the neighbors um, tells Wolverine, as he's experiencing this grief of seeing his family dead, one of the neighbors says, you know what, you should really just honor your family by giving the kids a good Christian burial, whatever that means. I don't know what a good Christian burial is, but whatever that means, that's what the guy says. And this, this, uh, this kind of town's person implores Logan not to go after the Hulks. So basically he knows that Wolverine's going to be pissed and he's saying don't go get revenge because that's going to cause this big war and then maybe we might die with you. Kind of like. Uh, and yet the whole story has built up to this point. We know it's going to happen at some point in time and it happens here. Wolverine's claws come out. So Logan draws his claws. Um, he is now past the breaking point. And from here on out, it is just pure revenge. And in this final chapter, he systematically murders every single one of the banners. And by the way, all the banners are depicted as completely depraved people. Um, and, and honestly, as a reader, we want them to a certain extent to get justice we want them to um you know whether it's be imprisoned or whatever we want them to be not able to be out in the world because they're awful people so it's it's hard to see how that could happen without them dying because they are such bad people um but my problem and the question that i have for you is that we've been talking about Wolverine's path and whether or not his path is righteous or not. We've been talking about whether or not he needs to stand up. And even if we answer those questions with yes, is the only way out of this situation violence, one? And if it is, is violent revenge the best solution? So I don't get the impression that Wolverine is standing up for justice at this point. It does not what it seem to be what's going on. What it seems to be that's going on is he just wants revenge and he just wants to kill and he just is seeing red, so to speak. And uh, this isn't your typical superhero justice, you know, where like Batman doesn't want to kill anybody. This is Wolverine just slaughtering every last one of the Hulks. And... Um, and later on, when he's buried his family, one of the humans in the town where he used to live says, um, you know, Wolverine's going to go fight the supervillains now. And that's an, very much an indication of that's where the story's going. And one of the citizens basically says, you realize it's impossible, right? Meaning taking down these villains. And Wolverine replies, a friend told me there was no such word. The same man who taught me to forgive myself. So final question for you guys. Final 
bit of questions here. I have several of them. Is one, does Wolverine deserve forgiveness? And if he does deserve forgiveness, what does he deserve forgiveness for? Does he need to forgive himself for killing the X-Men? Does he need to, you know, his friends? These are his friends that he killed. Does he need to forgive himself for that? Because really it wasn't his fault. He was being tricked into it. Does he need forgiveness for killing the Hulk family? Or, or did they just get what they deserved? And finally, um, does he deserve forgiveness as well? So my question to you is, what do you think about all of those topics? That's a lot of really in-depth questions. I feel like the reason for this story to be a little bit more on the shallow side for me is because it just really glosses over a lot of these questions without giving us any real in-depth answers. And uh, it even contra seems to contradict itself in some ways. So if, if he truly is uh, a righteous man and he's walking the path of a righteous man by being a pacifist, then why would we root for him to leave that path? Why would we root for him to go and kill the Hulks? And wouldn't we prefer that the Hulks are delivered into some form of justice that isn't just outright murder. I don't know. It's kind of where I was thinking about going with it. Again, answer the questions in the way that you would and let us know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts. And that's it for today's podcast. If you have thoughts, I would love to hear them. Write us an email at reclamationsociety at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Or Better yet, go on to our MZ group. MZ is a new, friendlier Reddit. It's where we host our discussion board. I will post the questions that I've posed in that discussion board. But if you want to start your own discussion, feel free to start a discussion topic and get us a conversation started. I'd love to have a conversation with you on there. The link to the MZ page is in our show notes. Don't forget, if you want to win Daredevil Yellow, the cool hardcover copy, uh, I've kept it really nice, by the way. So it's a very nice copy. Remember that you got to do two things. you got to leave us an iTunes review, and you've got to like our Reclamation Society Facebook page. And what I'll do is I'll go through the reviews on iTunes, and I'll go through the likes. I'll, I'll match up people who have done both, and then we will choose at random one person to receive the Daredevil yellow book. And just a really quick reminder, if you use a username on iTunes to do your review and we won't recognize that it's your name, make sure you give us a, a shout out on Facebook. Just shoot us a message or write on, leave a comment on our page so that we know it was you and that way we'll be able to match the two together. Also, we are on Twitter and Instagram. So those, all of those notes are, all of those links, I should say, are in the show notes. And finally, do not forget to subscribe. If you have not clicked the subscribe button yet, please click, click the subscribe button we've got some more cool discussions coming up and we'll be giving away some more comics i hope you really enjoyed this look at old man logan i think that it, that some of these elements in this story will be coming up in the movie and i'll do a full discussion of the movie when logan the movie comes out in a couple weeks and that is it for today's show and remember question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth and we will catch you on the next podcast.